Happy iOS 13.1 slash iPadOS slash TVOS 13 day. <laughs> Yay! Have they confirmed TVOS is releasing today? They haven't as far as I know, but the beta is around and apple arcade is now live on the beta apparently so i would guess it's going to show up today i can't think of a reason for it not to honestly yeah it's just like with all of this stuff like when 13.1 got pushed forward six days just to throw off any developer who was making a plan after apple said the 30th (laughs) um not me not that there are any on this podcast yeah uh then it seemed like uh, Apple PR was briefing that TVOS was the 30th still then. Yeah, uh, but I will not be knows? surprised if it arrives later today. Uh, I, abs- I, I installed the beta the other day, and so far, I got to say, my impressions <laughs> are fairly negative. Uh, I haven't <laughs> used a lot of it, but like there are two things that were annoying. One, I think I found a fix for this, but um, I use a Harmony remote with the As TV. And I noticed when I would go and hit, it wouldn't turn the Apple TV on. It wouldn't wake it when I turned, tried to turn it on. And that was annoying. Um, and somebody pointed out, and I might have to write this up after I finish testing it, that Harmony does have a, generally uses the IR stuff, but you can actually configure it to do Bluetooth instead for the Apple TV. There is a profile for that. Um, and so I've got that set up, but I haven't tested it to see, I had to wait for the Apple TV to go back to sleep. Um, so I haven't tested it to see if that's a thing. Uh, but hopefully it's, uh, it's, that's fine. Hopefully that's better. But yeah, that was a little annoying. And I hate the, what they did with the home screen. <laughs> well, the, the Netflixification of oh running but, stupid videos. But everywhere. I, I don't understand Ugh. this because like. I liked the old system where it had the, like, if you put the TV app in the top row, it's like, here's your queue of stuff to watch. But now it just gives me ads for things that it thinks I might want to watch. And I'm like, that's fucking useless. <laughs> like, Welcome to late stage capitalism. I guess. Yeah, really? But it annoys me that there's no way to get the old behavior back. Like, at least give me an option to turn off your full screen ads. Like, yeah. I paid a lot of money for this stupid box i'm sure the tivo owners are crying their hearts out at uh, this given their their predicament it doesn't have to be me us versus them james it's it's all of us together against the giant companies that hate us <laughs> well i, I it's installed, not going so well so far yeah i installed well, tvos as well um and uh i did my research for the show by playing about eight games on apple arcade on the tv (laughs) on the apple tv you're ahead of Um, me i haven't got a chance yet but uh, surprisingly i've got an apple tv 4k connected to a 1080p tv which i bought specifically because it had a slightly more graphical grunt uh and it everything i played on it looked really good actually i believe it the hardware was never that much of an issue right it was well i kind of was i i wondered about the hardware uh but the, I mean, it looks sort of switch level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen anything particularly uh, like Oceanhorn Two is a kind of very Zelda esque uh, action RPG, and 
I mean, I haven't like gone out, found any big open fields or anything, but it looks pretty good. Um, also, my save state from Sayonara Wild Hearts synced over mm. uh, to the TV. So that was, I was impressed that that stuff seems <laughs> to be working. I've heard good things about that one. I haven't played it yet. Uh, it has the best soundtrack. I've listened to the soundtrack more than I've actually played the game. But I think my main problem with Apple Arcade is that there's too many good games on yes. it. Yes. Yep. I, Which I know is a... When will Apple do something about that? <laughs> well, I'm sure everybody's working on it. But yeah, because there's... Like I got in, in the mail today, I got a copy of the uh, Link's Awakening remake for the Switch. So that's sitting on the table. And there's about another 70 games or something sitting on my TV. Uh and I don't have any time to play any games, let alone 71. I did play a, a couple hours of Untitled Goose Game this weekend. On but, see, that's the other one I want to play. Yeah, um, I, I yeah, really I played a lot of that. <laughs> I, I am a little stuck in one part, though. So that's uh, dragged me down yesterday when I was trying to play it. But that's fine. I'll get there. I'll figure it out. Just a goose trying to make my way in the world. <laughs> I played... Uh, you should look at Hot Lava because it has the best intro of any game that I've seen. I don't know how much the game is good because I ran out of time before having to record this podcast, but the intro is extremely good. I had, I tried to play that on an iPad Air 2 and it seems not great. Like it was sluggish. So I, I want to try it again on something that's a little more modern once I get uh, modern things updated. And Choo Choo Rocket is also really good pilots i played uh, a spy adventure game called over the alps which i really loved the um it, it's not quite a, like a text adventure but it is like a, a story told in some letters it's got a great aesthetic it's just it's absolutely a beautiful cool looking game my biggest issue with it was it took me a super long time to understand how the things i was doing was actually like impacting choices i was making <laughs> like i just didn't quite grok the ui for it at first and so i really didn't know what it was going on and i think that hampered my overall i beat the whole thing like i played it all the way through it doesn't take that long it's like a few hours worth of a game um but it's uh yeah its interface was a little clumsy but i i, I thought it was such a cool looking and sounding game that i i still give it a, a thumbs up even if i felt like a little a little confused about how the gameplay actually worked Another one that I, I played, which I'll give a quick share to, is Pinball Wizard, where you play pinball with a wizard. Um, <laughs> well played. <laughs> which well played. Is pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, and uh, I played that, that card game, the, you mentioned this last week, Dan, the one. Um, oh, the Zach Gage one, Cards of Darkness? No, where the cards fall, where the cards oh, where lay. Where cards fall, yeah. I haven't played that yeah, one yet. Yeah. That was that's pretty good. I didn't get that far in it yet. Um, I got stuck. <laughs> I got stuck pretty early on, but and I didn't have time to to figure out how to get around it. But it's it's again like most of them. It's just a really nicely designed. It's very beautiful to look at, and yeah, um, yeah. and looks good. Looks like it's in, will keep my interest. It's been interesting to see the games press coverage of Apple Arcade because most of them seem actually very positive on it and also extremely surprised you know, that <laughs> Apple did not screw this up completely. Well, I, how many times have they tried to make inroads into gaming? And I always have maintained yeah. that I think their success with the App Store was accidental. <laughs> like, they did not set out to make a, a fantastic gaming platform. 
uh, it just happened that they had developers who were really interested in making games and it, the platform itself was so big. And every time they've yeah. tried to push that, it's kind of fallen flat. And I, it's like, well, you tried 27 times and apparently the 27th time was the charm because yeah. whatever this formula they've hit on is working. It, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. They accidentally had created something that turned out to be a hit and then it, you know devolved because of the race down to one dollar or free apps and buying coins and all that crap and so they actually you know to their credit now have like figured out figured out that was a problem and then decided to do something about it i feel like so much of the gaming succeeded like in spite of apple's attempts to foster gaming right Right. (laughs) yeah i just it seems like going all the way back to the mac they've never quite you know, Steve Jobs always talked about music and how excited he was about music. And you could tell that he gave a shit about music, right? That he liked, that was something that personally meant a lot to him. I don't think gaming means anything to anybody at the, like, sea level of Apple currently. There's probably people in the lower echelons that, like, are actually very passionate about gaming. And they've at least, like, because of the diver- like the the more number of voices that are at the top level now as opposed to when Steve Jobs was kind of like the mouthpiece i think some of that bubbles to the top more than it did a decade ago i like to think that tim has you know like uh, a great love for sort of japanese rpgs or something really <laughs> obscure that dating sims uh, he's super into dating yes. sims <laughs> did you see the Colonel Sanders dating sim that came out? Today? I did, but I have not and will not. I, it's touch a, it. I just saw that it happened. I was not about to dive into that. It is apparently bad. So there you go. <laughs> Good to know. Um, I think the the thing that gets me with Apple Arcade is the the unanswered question for me is what are the developer terms like? Because if Apple comes to you and says, "Here's a million dollars to develop a hit game for us," I can see people will do that. But I I just worry that, you know, A, anyone who's not in Apple Arcade at this point, presumably uh, this is going to have a big impact on sales of of games. Well, maybe. I mean, think about all the fact that if you're a, let's say you're a kid who wants to play lots of games. John maybe is familiar with this idea. Um, (laughs) You know, if you can't convince your parents to sign up for the bundle, then you're probably still falling back to the free-to-download game. So I think those will do... I don't think they're going to do amazing, but like they always felt like they were kind of a crapshoot in the first place. I just I think the odds have gotten worse, but I don't think that they're necessarily tremendously worse than they used to be. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, well, the other thing that happened to me was I started playing uh, mini motorways, which I really, really liked. And so I went back and I had seen, you know, heard a lot of people talking about mini Metro before. And so I got that because and paid for it because I figured <laughs> I like this game. I will probably like that game. And I had considered buying it before, but I was just like, Oh, I don't know. I don't have the time. If I have the time, if I want to play it. And then I loved it so much, you know, I love the other game so much that I decided, no, I wanted the, I do want that game. I, I think my, my fear is I saw the coverage of uh, Google's play pass, which is, not quite Apple Arcade because it's nothing exclusive, but it also mm-hmm. has apps in it as well. And, you know, I've said for many years that my fear is uh, uh, subscription apps service coming along and eating my entire uh, income stream. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, so I, I do wonder what if there's any games developers out there who have something on Apple Arcade, you know, just DM me uh, <laughs> the Apple terms. Yeah, I don't know. I, currently, it sounds like because Apple is essentially, you know, publishing these games that they are fronting a ton of money with the understanding that it will drive signups of Apple Arcade and they will still make a profit, right? Like everybody everybody wins in theory, but it also means that if your game does super amazing well, it's not necessarily any better than if your game doesn't do great, right? Like yeah. it's a little mm-hmm. closer to the, it's not quite the, you know, studio box office model, but like there is an element of the, you know, Apple is taking all the risk and therefore Apple stands to make a lot of the profit. Um and is that sustainable? That's a great question. Will there are there incentives? You know, like if your game gets downloaded or played X number of times, do you potentially get like a bonus or something? I don't know. Or does it just mean that like Apple won't come around next time and offer you another publishing deal? Who knows? Yeah, I mean the, the Google Play Pass. I think the revenue share on that was uh, based on time people use your app. Oh my god! So <laughs> you know, which is just going to mean make for a lot of games. And apps that are, you know, are very long indeed. Or addictive, like, play yeah, styles. Right. Yeah. 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 So uh, the Apple way sounds better, but I, I still have that sort of, you know, th- from a consumer perspective, it's great. Other than the fact, as I say, that there's like uh, dozens and dozens of games dropped on the same day. And I'm sure there's going to be some which are not going to get the attention that they deserve just because so much stuff has come out on the same day. I was thinking when... Uh, when Apple Arcade comes on the Mac, that's probably the most games ever released for the Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in oh, one man. day than in a normal year. Finally, the Mac gets serious about gaming. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Apple Arcade, I think, is proving to be a lot a lot more of a success than, than a lot of people thought. We're still uh, six weeks or so, no, I'm a month away, I guess, a little more than a month away from Apple TV+, Plus, uh, which is the other big question mark. But the there have been some more, there were some short teasers, I think, that uh, Apple aired commercials during the Emmys uh, this weekend and had previews of a few of the shows that are coming out, including I think there was a quick look at the uh, M. Night Shyamalan uh, show that is yeah. m- debuting maybe or maybe not when the service comes out. It's a little unclear as to when it starts airing. So, it looked, the, the teasers looks interesting. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. That one's still kind of up in the air. Um, there's obviously a lot of, uh, with tvOS and iPadOS and iOS 13.1, there's a lot happening right now. Um, I think 13.1 is something I've been using still the beta to it. I didn't, I didn't see a GM, so I assume that no, there hasn't been one yet. An internal release candidate. I feel like in the past they haven't done GMs as much on point releases. I don't know, James, you'd know better than I would. I feel like it tends to be for the point oh releases. I think all bets are off this year. You know, nothing is going according to... Well, I was going to say nothing's going according to plan, and that's probably also true. But, I mean, nothing going according to normal schedules. I mean, I think 13.1 is possibly going to get released as we are recording this. Probably just... Um, I would guess 1 o'clock Eastern, which is just after we wrap up, probably. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I won't install it live on, on while recording then. But <laughs> I will. Uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, I mean, after the last time I was on the sh- on the show, which was two weeks ago, um, I said that I wasn't going to buy anything. 
How'd that work out for you? <laughs> yeah, really, James. Uh, how did that work I, out? I, I somehow bought an iPhone 11 Pro. Uh, <laughs> I've also bought two cases for it. You blacked out. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Uh, I bought two cases because I bought the clear case, much like Dan, and it is terrible. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and yeah, everybody seems to hate <laughs> I it. I threw away my packaging and feel bad because no, I guess I, I get ate my that. packaging and I am going to take it back because uh, I'm going to give it a go anyway. Uh, it's like it, it's terrible it, just because it's slippery. It's incredibly it slippery. It's hard it, plastic. Yeah. Right. It's it's slippier than the actual phone. Yeah. So when I when I I put it on, I bought it. Um, it arrived like obviously days before the actual phone did. But when I put it on the phone, I was like, no, this does not feel good at all. I'm used to the silicon cases. Yeah, same. And I just felt that I was going to drop it every time. I, and also it, it kind of like not just shows all the marks, but shows like every speck of dust that was in there when you right. put the phone right. into it. And I did not like it. And I posted on Twitter because I'd seen a few other people saying this. Uh, Alex Cox had posted something similar and i replied to that and this guy on twitter replied to about eight tweets i had replied to other people saying i didn't like the phones saying that i didn't know what i was talking about and it's much grippier than the silicon case and i'm like no that person's <laughs> on on something they're on something <laughs> ground up uh, clear cases i would say yeah i so i bought a i ordered even before the phone arrived i ordered a silicone clear case which I think is just the, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it's Spigen. Right. Spigen, I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, I, they've been around for a long time. So I was like, well, I'll just, you know, it was like 10 or 12 bucks. And that is almost, it's almost too tacky is like the downside, but it's fine. I've been using it for the last several days and I don't have any like real complaints about it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a cheap piece of silicone. So I think I don't quite get the, the hard the hard plastic acrylic of the of the apple case seems crappy to me so well i mean it seemed like not as hard as i thought it would be but it's just too shiny slidey whatever and the silicon one is in the sort of goldilocks zone for me in terms of grippiness but uh given that i've spent 90 quid on cases for a phone i'm gonna try and take one of them back and say look i bought your (laughs) other case you've got my money just <laughs> refund me on this one, please. <laughs> Throw yourself on the mercy of the court. Yeah, I, I didn't lie to the queen, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I want to keep talking about this very important case issue, but before we continue doing that, I also want to tell you about something that means a lot to all of you out there, and that is all of your old pictures and videos and audio cassettes, all that stuff. You've probably got boxes of it lying around your entire house. Uh, Maybe you've got, uh, I don't know, old film reels. Maybe you've got your school play from when you were a kid, and it's just in a box collecting dust because who has machines to play any of it anymore? Well, the good news is, if you're anything like me, you can go out and get that stuff digitized so that you have it in a modern format that you can use and watch on your computer, it's on your iPads, on your iPhones, your Apple TV, if you want, all of those things. So I, I, this is, of course, our good friends at Legacy Box who digitize all sorts of old media and provide you with ways that you can watch it on your modern technology. I got a bunch of pictures and uh, film reels and video cassettes uh, digitized when Legacy Box uh, invited us to try out the service. And I have to say, 
the results were truly impressive. I mean, I had a, you know, like a 16 millimeter film reel digitized, and that was not something that I had ever seen in my entire life because who has a projector anymore? So I got, you know, uh, footage of like my first birthday party that my parents had filmed when I was a little kid, uh, including like my grandparents on it who are now passed on. So like that was really it was really cool. It was really emotional. I got to share that with my parents and I got to share it with my wife who obviously got to see me as a little kid and make fun of me. So that really is a win for everybody. <laughs> so you get to preserve your memories and you get to see them in a format that works for you and all your modern technology. And it's super, super easy. All you have to do is send in your legacy box filled with your old home movies and pictures and legacy box does the rest. The process is really intuitive. There's easy-to-follow instructions. There are barcodes that you put on every single item so that you know exactly what is where. And you'll even get personalized updates at every step of the process. It's no wonder Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, they're offering our listeners an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com rebound to get 40% off your first order. That's LegacyBox.com slash rebound and save 40% today. Get started preserving your past. I can tell a projector-related anecdote. Um, <laughs> uh, my dad got uh, a, a fairly modern 1080p uh, projector, and he said if I wanted to borrow it and, and try it, I, I could give it a go. So I borrowed it, and there's one wall in our living room which has it's got some pictures on it but you know it is a big white wall and i thought oh it's just opposite where the tv sits but i could you know move a chair around and i could project some giant movie on the wall and uh i will also point out that my wife is away this week (laughs) and (laughs) the story starts to make more sense now (laughs) but uh, i thought okay well I'll, i'll just take down all these pictures off the wall that's not a problem i took down the pictures off the wall and uh there were a number of black rectangles left on the white wall uh, from the backs of these uh, picture frames. I thought, this is no good. I can't watch my uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in uh, uh, two-meter-wide projection. I'm sure I can just use a damp cloth and I can take these marks off the wall. (laughs) Let me tell you, listeners, do not do this. Do you now have a gray wall? I now have a grey wall because <laughs> I like I, I smudged one and I got this sort of, you know, like seventy-five percent black smudge. And I smudged it out a bit more and it got to about fifty percent grey. And I was like, well, I'll just keep going. And it, 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 it was there. a sort of uh sorcerer's apprentice levels of things <laughs> going very badly wrong. I, I only have one question, which is have you reached the level where you called someone in to paint the wall? <laughs> So I I got to the level of do we still have the paint in the right. cupboard? <laughs> yeah. And I had a look and I think it's not good enough and she's due back tomorrow afternoon and you know she's I swear I I've seen this to, movie. I don't want her to come back and basically there's just rubble where the where the building was because it's escalated at every stage so, i don't know i think at this point it might be better just to burn the house down it's true well what i'm saying is uh don't get a cheap projector <laughs> well we've all learned a lot here today so that is great so james you like me have an iphone 11 pro i do okay um how are you finding it so far 
Um, I am finding it pretty good. Uh, the uh, cameras, obviously, are the things that I would say most people are getting the upgrade for. Uh, you know, and I did the sort of standard thing of running around taking pictures with the lights on and the lights off and going, ooh. Um, <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't think they'd lie about it, but it, it does actually work pretty well. And, you know, t- using the... Uh, wide angle uh zoom to take a picture of the entire room and going oh and you know i I haven't actually left the house uh, i will admit but (laughs) i'm sure when i do and i have to take pictures it will look good Uh, Uh, i i've taken a couple uh in dark and it's been pretty impressive the first night actually i had it i was going to get the car after i'd parked it um nearby when we went to dinner and when I had parked the car, I had noticed that you know, parked in front of this house and behind the hedge, there was a guy just like sitting out. He had a little, little workshop shed and he was sitting out there and he had like a little fire pit going and was like just sitting and drinking a beer. And I was like, oh, that looks really comfortable. And when I came back later, it was much darker and all I could see was the light uh, from the fire like on the ground, like the rest of it. My eyes could not discern anything. So I'm like, well, this seems like a good test. So <laughs> I took a picture and I was freaking amazed at how much I was like, wow, I could not see any of those things. <laughs> so that was pretty impressive. Um, so be on the lookout for a man running around taking yeah, pictures right. of strange people <laughs> in yep. the darkness. Yep. Yep. Um, so that was pretty cool. I haven't got a chance to really play with the wide angle yet. Just because, again, like James, I've mainly been in the house. So I haven't had anything that demanded a wide angle lens. <laughs> seems like a problem for all of us yeah it really is an issue (laughs) yeah Uh, but yeah overall i've been very very impressed with it mostly my migration process went pretty smoothly i had to do the thing where like i installed i had to like set it up and then get the ios 13.1 beta and then it turned out that i was like a build behind on my (laughs) on my (laughs) 10s so i had to (laughs) update that and then, uh, of course, I also had to leave the house to go meet my wife for dinner, and I had not done any of the migration yet, so I had to carry both phones with me because it had activated the new phone. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. Um, Look at Mr. Two Phones here. Yeah, yeah. It's night phone and night phone. Mm-hmm. I did find out, so I had transferred, I, as I recounted for our listeners, uh, I think, earlier this year. I went through a lot of trouble to change my phone over to an eSIM for AT&T. And then I suddenly realized, I don't know how this is going to work when I switch phones. Uh, and the answer is, I just switched it onto the hardware SIM, apparently. <laughs> um, which is fine. I don't need like an eSIM one because I'm not traveling anytime soon. But it's a little annoying when you're sitting there going like, this system feels like it should be a lot easier. Like if your SIM is virtual... It mm-hmm. seems like you should be able to move to a new virtual sim rather simply. Because if I can move to a new hardware sim where there's actually like a card associated with it and it still keeps my number and everything, like, why can't we just do this with a virtual sim? I don't know. Anyways, everything worked out, but it's just, it's slightly irritating. Presumably, they is your uh, virtual sim deactivated or do you have two phones on the, on the same Dear sim? God, I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, no, the other one is not working currently, so I assume that SIM has been deactivated. Um, but I'm not 100% sure, so we'll see what happens when my bill comes around. Twice the bill. Yeah, well, that's when I yell at some people at AT&T and don't pay <laughs> you, it. You now have eight lines. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> eight times the speed. That's how that works, right? I think so. Pretty sure. 
Um, I will say one thing that did come out of my migration, which I am now kind of stymied as to what I'm going to do about this, was so in March, Dropbox added a thing where if you're on the free plan, you have a maximum of three devices that you can mm-hmm. associate. Now, they didn't disassociate any of your old devices. Like if you already had more than three, they didn't remove any of them. But the next time you try to add a device, it would give you shit about it. And so I ran into this, and it was very strange because at first, like, I logged into Dropbox on my new phone, and I, you know, got my uh, my one password stuff is in there. So, like, that seemed to all work. It was not giving me any trouble. And then it wasn't until I went into the Files app and, like, tried to add Dropbox as a location there and authenticate it that it was like, oh, you are having a problem with your device limit. And then eventually by like later in the weekend, it just like the splash screen in Dropbox was now just being like, nope, you've hit your device limit. So I can't have Dropbox on my phone currently. Uh, yeah. And I don't really know what I'm going to do about this because I have four devices that I use regularly for Dropbox and only three of them are working now. <laughs> so, yeah. Have you considered a fake identity? Uh, oh, that's a good idea. No, but I've considered some other approaches. Uh, I mean, one of which, the sort of, like, cheapest one is to just move everything that is not a shared folder into iCloud, uh, which may be what I end up doing, because if it's stuff that I'm just storing so I have it on all my devices, then yeah. iCloud Drive will be fine for that. That's that's what I did. Yeah. I, did the did the shared iCloud folder stuff it's ship? Been, or did, no, it's, no. Been, it's not even in 13.1. It's been kicked to right. later. Um, so like, and even at that point, there are some features. So for example, when I do clockwise or inconceivable, I have a file request link where I give people a link and they can go on the web and upload their audio. And Jason Snell does that for a lot of the podcasts he produces as well. I don't think there's any equivalent capability in iCloud for that. Yeah, I don't. So well, there currently currently isn't that's for sure. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's kind of harder to replace that said, if I, I could probably remove a device from Dropbox at that point. If I just had like the stuff that was in shared folders, I could probably get by without having it on one of my devices because it's mainly used them for like podcast files, which I mainly edit on my Macs, not on my iPhone or iPad. But it is annoying because Dropbox has by and large been pretty good to me. But yeah, I hit that, I hit that limit there. And now I'm like, it's annoying, especially because it's only one device over, right? <laughs> like you're like, I can almost get by with this. Just not quite. So another thing That's I looked how they at, get you. yeah, it's exactly how they get you. Another thing I've been looking at is my Synology NAS has its own, essentially like Dropbox like feature, and I've heard other people say that they have done this, which is there's also a way to basically log in with Dropbox on the Synology and have it be a Dropbox client, and then people are like you can just put your Dropbox folder into the Synology shared folder and then have access to it on all of your other devices. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, that might actually work. <laughs> it sounds a little insane, sounds, but... <laughs> sounds a little Inception. Yeah, um. that's true. <laughs> I don't even know when I'm out of the cloud storage. Are we all just figments of cloud storage now? Can, I'm not sure. Are you sure you can... Mo- re- and you can remove old... I'm trying to figure out where you do how you do that. You just remove Dropbox from the device. No, there's no, a you just destroy the device. Get a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does it every time. Uh, there is an option when I could still log into the Dropbox 
app on the phone, there was like a management account management option where it listed. And I basically went through and unlinked like a whole bunch of old devices that were still in there. Right now, it gives me the thing, the option to like unlink devices okay, or sign up for their plus uh, program. So basically, I can pay, you know, 12 bucks a month or whatever and get more space and right. a fourth device. And it's like, I could, but I'm already paying for iCloud drive storage why should i pay for cloud storage in multiple places yeah put your dropbox folder in your icloud drive (laughs) (laughs) madness Uh, i guess it's the incentive i needed to clean up all my files yeah i just i gave up on my phone so i don't have dropbox on the phone anymore and i just i actually now just have it on one device in the house and so if i keep that device running i can always just use the you know my local network to copy files back and forth to that device and then it'll that device will sync yeah i mean the dropbox's mac app is getting steadily worse as they try to turn it into some productivity thing right um so that might solve the problem as well right well let me tell you if you got problems to solve boy do i have a recommendation for you because if you're running your own business your to-do list is never ending and you know you could automate many of those tasks that you do, but you don't know how. And that is where our friends at Zapier come in. Zapier is the easiest way to automate your work. It lets you instantly engage with leads, send them to a CRM or a spreadsheet, notify your team so they can act fast on every opportunity. And that's just scratching the surface. Zapier supports more than 1,500 business applications, so the possibilities are virtually endless. You'll be able to make Zapier work for you without writing code or asking a developer for help. Join more than 4.5 million people who are saving an average of 40 hours per month by using Zapier. I've used Zapier, uh, and I got to say, it's actually pretty handy for certain stuff. I have a relatively small thing where I just, I have a contact form on my site, and I wanted to be able to like have people click a box and sign up for my, um, my mailing list. And trying to find a way to do that sort of integrated with the mailing list program I use, which is uh, MailerLite. Uh, proved to be a little annoying just using like my blog software and so i was like i looked at zapier and discovered it could basically do this automatically like i can send an email to them it can parse the email it can find the email address of the person and then add it to my mailer light subscription service and i get like a little confirmation email as a cc but it was really simple it took me like maybe less than an hour to set up and i haven't had to touch it since then and again, that is like the smallest task you could possibly do with Zapier, but it's one that saved me a ton of time in terms of just like copying and pasting stuff and jumping back and forth between a bunch of different applications. So I have to say it was, it was a real improvement for me. Uh, and for our listeners right now through November, you can try Zapier free for two weeks by going to zapier.com slash rebound. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R dot com slash rebound for your free 14-day trial. Our thanks to Zapier for their sponsorship of the show so am i the only one who got to watch yes the only one yeah. here yeah no i <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that clarification <laughs> well there's another guy who got to watch but he's not here so we you know we will ignore him yeah uh-huh he's right. not coming back <laughs> there's no you know he likes to think he's always on but uh, you know what is always on is this watch face, right? <laughs> so how's your battery life? It's not as good as it used to be, but I, you know, with the three, uh, every time I put it on the charging stand at night, it would still be like two thirds full. So now when I put this one, so I got the smaller one, um, I got the 40 millimeter. So 
smaller battery, but, uh, and it's, you know, it's on all the time. So when I put it up on the nightstand now, it's a third full, basically. It's somewhere between a third and a half full, and, uh, which is like fine. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's pretty good. I'd seen a number of people on Twitter sort of complaining and saying that their watch was now not lasting the day and then being. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I use mine frequently. Um, I'm not making calls with it or anything. So maybe that, you know, I'm sure there are there are people who probably use their watch more than I use mine. Um, but I still I set timers all the time. I look at it all the time. I use it for the weather. Uh, I play, you know, music with it and it's been, you know, it's lasted, it's not had any trouble lasting throughout the day for me. So it depends on your mileage, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I, my watch is usually pretty good by the end of the day. I haven't, I haven't run out of battery life on my watch in a super long time now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only time I come close is like doing a transatlantic flight or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Charged right. it for a long time. But yeah. other than that, it's it's fine. Well, I still have the three, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I can have a left, a left watch and a left watch, right, right watch. watch. Mm-hmm. Right watch, wrong ankle, watch. Ankle watch. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good, though, because it's got the GPS, so it'll know. <laughs> we know when you're trying to leave your apartment. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. You know, for my, for my house arrest. Yeah, um, well, you know what you did. Yeah, right. we're all under house arrest in some form or another. <laughs> it seemed we're 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 basically acting that way anyway. So I mean, I might some as well of it's be, voluntary. Yeah, that's true. I might as well do something so I so I deserve it. Yeah, uh, that's true. But uh, I had to buy all new bands, of course, because mm. I switched sides sizes. <laughs> but but in a way, I kind of liked that. I was like, oh, hey, new bands. How do you find the um? Yeah, how do you find that? Like, how do you find the the smaller size switching to that? Well, this, I mean, the difference between the three, the, you know, the 42 millimeter three and the 40 millimeter five isn't obviously not that great. Um, so it, I like having it be a little smaller mm-hmm. and it's not too small. So I think it's, I think it's great. Um, I mean, I mean. It could even be a little smaller for me, but it's but this is this is really good. You know, I got the floor amount floor mama mama last minimum. Whoa, whoa. Um, are you okay? John? <laughs> if that's the podcast title, you'll need to spell it. <laughs> and that was not my that was not my connection going funky. That was just me. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that correctly. Though. Yep, that's that's um, the way it is. From Apple, and then I got two bands from Clockwork Synergy, um, which is just a they. It's just a general watch band uh, website, and they had a leather one that I really like, and uh, like a RAF um, nylon. Oh, like a NATO, NATO band? Yeah, NATO. Yeah, RAF NATO. That's cool. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. still I'm still using my Sport Loop on the old one, and I bought uh, I bought that cheap Milanese loop for my wedding, which was fine, but I probably won't wear it regularly. Uh, and I wear I switched to the Floralastomer for workouts usually but oh i haven't tried the uh i haven't tried the compass yet which is supposedly uh can get screwed up by the um the magnets magnetic band, bands yeah, yeah. But, I, but then i saw somebody i can't remember if it was gruber or somebody who'd clearly been briefed by apple pr uh that said all oh, magnets aren't a problem so let's see well i don't have a the first thing that it comes up and says is it it can be affected by a magnet. <laughs> well, so that's not going great. Yeah, yeah, it looks, it's moving. Oh, <laughs> quick! Which way is north? 
It's uh, pretty much right ahead of me, or just off to the off to the right. Are you sure? I am sure. Yeah. Well, that should be where it is, judging by the position of the sun. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I I think I'm I'm okay for another year at least on my current watch. I feel like I need to yeah. get two years out of it. I won't. I will. I will be glad to have the always on display plus whatever additions they bring to it next year or the year after. Um, but you know, I lasted on that series zero for like three years. And I, yeah. I, have no I feel like I'm going to keep this one longer. I mean, I, I had two years on the three, uh, but I feel like I might, I might keep this one for three years. So um, there's a, a bug in the current uh, Xcode 11 that if you build a watch app and try to run that watch app on a watchOS 4 device, i.e. the Series 0 watches, uh, none of your images load, which is a bit <laughs> of a problem. And... Hmm. I, I discovered this, of course, because uh, in the space of the 24, 48 hours after I uh, released my uh, recent updates, uh, I had something that was like 650 separate devices reported crashes oh, back dear. to me. And I was like, 650 people at least were running apps on their uh, Series 0 watches, which surprised me. But yeah. Uh, so there are more people still out there using those watches than you might think. I believe it. Hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you bought a you bought a fifteen thousand dollar watch. I hope you're still using. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just put that one in the cupboard. Uh, <laughs> it's a display display stand. Did you see the uh, voice interoperability initiative I that was launched today? Did and it's hilarious because it's Amazon trying to make a uh, some sort of giant. What is it? Tech standard slash tech association or voice assistance, and literally none of the other major players are in it. Well, Microsoft are in it. I don't know. If they none of the other major, major players player. are in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's always the person who's in the number three or less position who's the one trying to come up with the interoperability things. I mean, now that uh, Microsoft is not in a great position in the games industry, they're much more happier to yeah you want to do something switch and you know xbox sure no problem yeah i mean uh, i i mean amazon is clearly i think they're probably still in the top position but what they really lack again is a, like a mobile version and i think that that probably hurts them in the longer term because people always have their phones with them and people are going to start using siri and google assistant more when they're you know using their phones then they'll use their echoes less and amazon <laughs> unless they decide uh, i guess they have an event tomorrow as we record this which will probably happen before this actually airs uh unless they decide to launch a new phone <laughs> which went so well last <laughs> well, if, time <laughs> uh-huh if they do you'll look extremely prescient ah um, very good i yes but i mean the whole point of this seemed to be a standard to make devices support multiple wake words and Amazon are giving away their sort of wake word engine to anyone that wants it. But the thing that I was thinking is like, what I remember from speech recognition stuff is the more things that you're listening out for, the more chances you are of like things going badly false and false positives. Yeah. And, yeah. and given all the problems with the spurious recordings and security concerns with that, multiple wake words doesn't fill me with confidence. Uh, yeah. devices yep i right. agree that seems that seems like kind of a mess 
So pretty soon your uh, your phones will be listening to everything you say again. And, you know, they'll decide when they want to wake up. They're a lot like a recalcitrant teenager that way. <laughs> uh, and I need another one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got good news for you, John. <laughs> Comes free with a watch. No. Just start calling him Alexa. <laughs> Not you, Alexa. <laughs> That worked perfectly. Go away, Alexa.